Hey everyone, we got done today with all the Western Conference plans. Uh, Memphis beat the Warriors in a fucking overtime game. That was a it was a really good game, you know. And uh, there's a couple things I want to talk about from just that game. Firstly, I love the way Job played tonight because he's a capable shooter. He's just... I I just don't think he has much confidence in his jumper. And we saw that in game... The first first time they played, the last game of the season. Which would have decided the eighth seed. Um, But if you... Like, in that game, Ja... They were leaving him wide open. And I don't think just mentally he was ready for that. Like, I don't think Ja should be taking, you know, 10 three-pointers when... The defense is like locked in on him but if they're giving him 10 feet of space I feel like you do have to shoot it like you're a capable shooter and you have to shoot it and I just feel like that first game when they were leaving him 10 feet when they were giving him 10 feet of space he he just I just don't think he was prepared for that and just mentally he wasn't pre- mentally he just wasn't ready for that and you know tonight he was like okay you guys are gonna give me 10 feet of space I'll shoot it 10 times. And he made five out of 10 threes. So, you know, I like the way he played. You know, at the end of the game, he ran the shot clock all the way down. He spread the floor out and he said, I'm getting this bucket. And that was a really nice move. You know, he he got, I think it was JTA on his heels. And then he spun. And then he hit a little floater in the paint. You know, great move by him. Uh, on the other hand... The Warriors, this has been a problem for them ever since Steve Kerr has been there. And, like, this isn't, like, a big knock. It's a knock on Steve Kerr. It's a knock on Steph. It's a knock on Draymond. And just the way that they play, they're so loose with the ball. Steph had seven turnovers. I think they had 20 20 or a little bit more than 20 turnovers tonight. They had 20 turnovers against the Lakers as well. They just turn. They just play so loose, and like that's why, like that's what that whole we're gonna play with joy and all that hippie shit gets you. Like you're not fully focused in. You know, you you could have gotten away with that when you know you had Steph, Clay, Draymond in their primes, and then you had you know I'll, I'll, and Iguodala there as well. Um, but you can't. Or and then after that, of course, they got KD. Like you can get away with that when you have all that talent there. But right now, like, you can't, you can't be giving the other team 20 extra possessions because of that. And if I think that's the stat came out, yet, like, when the season ended, that Draymond led the league in turnover percentage. It was at 30%. That means three out of every 10 possessions, Draymond is turning the fucking ball over. And uh, three three out of every ten possessions that he has, he's turning the ball over. The second guy was ten percent below him. Like Draymond, like Draymond was just turning the ball over at a ridiculous rate this year. Um, it it does make sense as well because like it's it's um it's not assist to turnover ratio. It's just flat out turnover ratio, which involves like every single possession you had, and um, you know. Draymond doesn't shoot the ball, so, like, that hurts him there. But even then, like, it's 
he even then it's the thing is that he was 10% worse than the second place guy who was TJ McConnell. So like like yeah, it makes sense that his turnover ratio is higher, but it it shouldn't be 10% higher than the next guy. And uh, you know, Wiggins, I don't know what the fuck he was doing. You know, it was a minute left, he took a disgusting three-pointer off a dribble handoff. Hand in his face, bricked it. He didn't even break. Is it I, like he didn't brick it? I don't even think he hit the rim. Hit the he hit the side of the backboard. No, well, not the side. He hit the backboard. It was like five inches off the rim. Like it was a disgusting shot. Um, you know, the Warriors didn't make the playoffs because of this. You know, they they're the first team I believe that didn't make the playoffs that had home court. And, you know, people got their jokes off on Steph. And, like, I don't mind getting jokes off on people if if I think they played poorly. I don't think Steph played poorly. I think he did what he could have. Like, he, like he could have been smoother with the ball. But he did what he could have. So, like, I don't... Like, some jokes are going to be funny, whatever. Like, some jokes are so funny that, they like, you have to... Like, you just have to laugh. Like, some jokes are that funny. But a lot of jokes are just very forced and like I don't really care about that uh, but mostly you know it's people talking about like well you know Russ and Harden in their primes they made the playoffs and it's like if you look at Steph's record when he played this year they would have been like right there with like the Mavericks for like the fifth seed maybe even like a game better than that they were 37 and 26 with Steph that's like a 49-48 win team. That's exactly what, like, Russ was at in his MVP season. So, like, the reason they, they missed the playoffs really was because, you know, they were, I believe, 1-7 and seven without Steph. Maybe 1-9, and 1-8, and eight, something like that. So, if Steph, like, literally didn't hurt his ass, you know, he had, like, that tailbone... tailbone Injury, you know, if that never, if that didn't happen, they definitely would have been like fighting for like that five, six, seven seed rather than you know squeaking in as the eight seed. Um, so yeah, like I have nothing bad to say about Steph. Like I thought Steph had a great season. Um, you know, he's one of the greatest players of all time. You know, this this season, like this season, really open my eyes up to what Steph really can do and um, what Steph can do and like what, just like the off-ball ability I think I, I, I think I noticed that a lot more this year and it really made me appreciate it a lot more and Draymond you know I can't believe he missed that shot that, that was the season right there and he airballed a wide open like probably like a finger roll layup but he like like I don't even know what to say about that like it's one of those things where it's like I don't know if Steph should have shot it or passed it because why would you pass it to Dream? because the thing with passing is like okay Draymond might get a free layup but it's also like yeah that's Draymond fucking green though he might actually airball it which is what he did so you know, like that that's one of the things that used to happen a lot with Kobe where it would be like he would get doubled at the end of the shot clock. He's like, Okay, I'd rather take this, you know, double team 
fadeaway mid-range shot rather than um, pass it to I'm not gonna say Kwame Brown because Kwame might come after me and I don't want that I don't want no I don't want no smoke with Kwame Brown he he's uh he's too good with the words and you know he's 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 too good at roasting for me to want anything to do with him or you know I I have no I have no bad words to say about the most interesting man on the planet right now Kwame Brown I have I have nothing to say about that but let's say like Chris Mim was Chris Mim on this team I don't know who the fuck was on that team I know Kwame was on it Smush was on it Smush was Smush is another one like Kwame where like Smush was not a bad player he was a fine player he just he probably just was not a like starting caliber point guard he like if he was like a backup point guard giving you 20 minutes off the bench like he he was fine he was not that bad you know he made threes at a good rate and you know he was a low turnover guy like the only problem was like it was prime kobe and that was his help and that that was the big problem there was prime kobe and his help was you know smush parker um he did have lamar and i think Karan butler for a year or so it wasn't all bad but like it wasn't great um the fuck was I saying? Yeah, I was talking about, like, it's one of those things where Steph, when he gets doubled, it's like, okay, I'm going to pass it to Draymond. You know, he can get the layup. But, like, Steph has that trust in Draymond to make that right play, and Draymond just couldn't. You know, with Kobe, it was like he didn't have that trust. He, he didn't have that trust. He would, he had that trust later on with, like, Powell and Odom. Um, but... You know, a lot of times he would get doubled. He's not passing that shit out. He was going to take that mid-range jumper, you know, over two people. Um, but, yeah, like, the Warriors, I feel like going forward, they have a pretty good... Because they're going to be in the lottery now, I'm pretty sure. So, like, they might have two picks in the lottery if that if they get the middle, if they get the Wolves pick. So, you know, they have... They have a pre- and even if they don't, they still have like their own lottery pick, and then they still have Wiseman, and I I feel like going into next season they. I don't know what to expect from Clay. You know what I mean? Like, you tear your Achilles, you have that ACL injury, like that's two things, and like KD came back and he looked like himself. And I think a lot of that has to do with that he got like five hundred days off, like legitimately, and I think that's much different than like I think Clay got injured at the beginning. Like, by draft day. So, like, Clay would only be out maybe a year. And I just don't know if that's enough. And, um, so, like, the thing, the thing that the optimistic thing is that Clay is a shooter. So, like, I think that's not going to leave him, like, expecting the, you know, the guy that can go get, you know, 60 in a game. I don't think that's reasonable. The guy that's going to guard the other team's best guy every single time, I don't think that's reasonable either. I think what what's a reasonable ask is Clay comes back and he's, you know, 18 points a game, pretty good on defense, still an elite shooter. I think that's what the more, more realistic part is. And if he's just that guy, I think you guys – I think the Warriors, especially with Draymond taking such a step back on offense – um, defensively, Draymond's still a monster, uh, but I think what the, I think if I were them, I would probably package Wiseman and 
our lottery pick, and if the Wolves, I if if the Wolves pick doesn't convey, I would still package Wiseman and our lottery pick to get like a pretty good player, like a good decent player, a, a player that can another scoring type player. Like it, it can't just be a regular. It can't just be a regular player. Like I would try getting Miles Turner, and if I can't get Miles Turner, I would try getting like T.J. Warren, like something like that. Um, and uh, and uh, what else? But if the Wolves pick does convey, I'm going after an All Star or like an All Star caliber player. That's what I would do at that point, and. Um, you know, Jordan Poole looked good. You know, JTA, I think that's a good rotation piece right there. Uh, I don't even, I think Pas- Pascal was injured. Is it Pascal or is it Paschal? I'm not entirely sure. Let's call him Eric for now. He was injured, so like, you know, he looked like a good rotation piece. You know, they got him. I wouldn't bring Uber back at all. Uh, Wiggins was pretty solid. Like, he was, he was, I didn't like his decision making tonight, but like for the season, he was pretty solid. Played good defense. You know, he made the three at the at a pretty good rate. So you know, Wiggins isn't someone that you want to you you don't need to replace Wiggins. He's fine. Um, but yeah, I I just think expecting Clay to be All NBA again is a little much, and I think. They probably need one more guy to like really, really contend again, and maybe, maybe they're like, you know, Wiseman is that guy. So you know, you never know. But I do think they have a, I do think they have a couple of nice pieces going forward. Like we know, Stefan Draymond still works. Wiggins looked all right. Poole looked pretty good. JTA looked pretty good. Pastel looked pretty good. Um, and uh, Looney still good. And after that, for the Grizzlies, all right, let's just get into, like, the first round matchup. So they're going to be facing the Utah Jazz. They played them three times in five days. I think that was fucking insane. Uh Two of those games came down to three to four points. One of them was a semi-blowout, not, not a real blowout, like, like a semi-blowout. And, you know, Jaw was really good in those games. Um, but I just think the Jazz have too much for them on offense. You know, Jaron Jackson's come back, but he still doesn't look 100% healthy. Uh, I think Valanchunas and Rudy are going to be a great matchup, like, because they do feed Valanciunas a lot. And the thing with Rudy is he's a great team defender. But, he like, I don't think he's been a great, like, guarding just my guy type guy. I think he's been good at it. I think he's been very good at it. But I don't think he's an elite just, like, post-up defender. He's pretty close to elite, but I don't think he's elite. And I think Valanciunas right now is an elite post player. Uh, so we'll, that's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, Jaron Jackson coming back. He's going to spread the floor. You know, if he's healthy, he's going to be taking eight to ten threes a game. Uh, I think Ja 
hopefully, you know, he, he takes a lot from this game and he's like, okay, you know, teams are going to leave me wide open. I can't get, I can't, I can't look at that and be nervous or something. Like, I just got to step into my jumper. I'm a capable shooter. I just got to go out there and shoot it. You know, I can't think about it and be nervous and scared, you know, or thrown off. You know, I just got to, I just got to shoot it. Um, Dylan Brooks, I think he's going to, like if Donovan, Donovan's not even going to be 100% healthy. And I think Dylan Brooks, he's going to get under Donovan's skin a lot. And if he's not 100% healthy, I just don't know how effective he's going to be. So I think that's a good matchup as well. Um, Mike Conley playing the Grizzlies, um, you know, playing the next Grizzlies point guard. Uh, I think he's going to try showing him up and, you know, Josh's going to try showing Mike up like, yo, I'm better than you. I'm here now. You know, I've taken your spot. Um, I think it's just gonna, I think the series is just going to come down to if Josh can get to the paint consistently. And I don't think he's going to be able to just because I just don't think he's ready to deal with Rudy yet. I just don't think he's a good enough shooter yet to really get to that point. And I also just don't think they have enough, like, other scoring. So, like, Ja, let's pencil him for 20. Valanciunas in for 18 to 20. I just don't think that's enough. Like, Donovan's giving you 25 a night. Conley's probably going to give you 18 a night. You know, Bo- uh, Boyan's going to give you 18 to 20 a night. Rudy's giving you 15 a night. You know, Clarkson's giving you 18 to 20 a night. It's just, I just think it's too much. And they do it efficiently. Aside from Clarkson, all of them do it efficiently. So, you know, the Jazz are like a top five offense and defense. Uh, the Grizzlies are a great defense. And, um, you know, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a, I don't want to say sweep, but I, I, I look, it feels like a sweep. It feels like a sweep or maybe 4-1. I think that's that would be my prediction for now. Um, let's get to the second matchup, Suns-Lakers. Uh, I feel bad for the Suns. I, you know, this is something they should have addressed uh, in the, like the, trade, like the trade deadline area. They needed another backup, like, rim-protecting center, and they didn't go and get one. You know, they addressed the one of their issues, which was just wing depth. You know, they went and got Torrey Craig, who was actually, like, really good. Uh, who's, who's been really good for them, and I can't believe the Bucks just let him go for nothing. That was insane. Um, he's been really good. He's been shooting the ball pretty well. Um, so they got enough people for LeBron, I guess, and if LeBron's not 100%, that would be is that would be somewhat of a problem, not a huge problem because LeBron at seventy five percent is still like a top ten player in the league, but it's not. I just don't think he's gonna be able to dominate like he usually does. Like when LeBron takes games seriously, you know he's what he does is he just goes into the paint, and he does that by getting into the post consistently, and. If he's not 100% healthy, I don't think he's going to be able to, you know, exploit the post matchups as much. But the real issue is the center position and particularly, well, not just the center position, like the bigs position. Because 
I just think AD is going to be a monster in this series. I just think those minutes that Aiden's not going to be on the floor are going to be a huge problem. Um, you know, I just don't think Sarek and, you know, Frank Kaminsky, they just have nothing for... I'm going to say even Drummond because I think Drummond's going to kill them on the boards. Even though DeAndre Aiden's actually like a pretty... He's not a tough offensive player, but he's a really tough... De- uh, they get defensive and like rebounder and screen setter. He's really tough on that end. So maybe Drummond rebounding wouldn't be that much of a problem. But like Crowder trying to keep AD off the boards, that's good. That's definitely going to be a problem. And if the Suns decide, okay, you know, Crowder can't guard Anthony Davis, we're going to put in on AD. Now Drummond's really going to eat on the boards and get second chance points and stuff like that. Um, Another matchup I'm looking to watch here is, you know, just who's guarding Devin Booker. I'm not worried. Like, people talk about, like, the inexperience with Devin Booker, Mikel, and Ain. I'm not worried about the experience with Devin at all. He's got a playoff game. His game is built for the playoffs. You know, he's, like, elite mid-range, like, 50%. He can make the three. He can get in the paint. He can get to the free throw line. He can post up. You know, his game is made for the playoffs. So I'm not worried about him at all. And um, the, what I'm what I'm looking for is like who's guarding him. I don't think LeBron's gonna guard him at all. Devin move Devin moves way too much for LeBron to guard him. He might guard him at the end of games and stuff like that, before like an entire 48 minutes. I think that assignment's probably gonna go to KCP and uh, Wes Matthews and Caruso and even some Kuzma. Uh, with Chris Paul, I think it's just going to be Dennis and Caruso. And some Wesley, I guess. Wesley and KCP as well. The thi- the, one of the things that I'm, I'm worried about is just Dennis. He has not looked very good or even solid since coming back from the health and protocol. And, you know, I said this at the beginning of the season. I don't think... I think, I think his best spot on the Lakers is him as a sixth man. You know, I would have loved it if, like, the Lakers just won, like, Caruso, KCP, Braun, AD, Drummond. You know, and, you know, Schroeder came off the bench and just, like, you know, gave you 15 to 16 points. You know, he came off the bench with Harrell and they just combined for, like, 30 to 40 points a night. But, you know, he's going to be starting and I think he's, like, the thing that I like about Frank is that he, he doesn't mind, he will bench you. You know, Schroeder was, you know, taking bad shots. You know, he couldn't do anything with Steph. And, you know, Frank was like, all right, no. We're putting Caruso in the game. You sit your ass down. And Caruso did a great job on Steph in that playing game. And I, and I wonder, and I think, and I think Caruso is going to close a lot of games. And I think what they're going, I think a lot of their lineups will finish with something like Dennis, Caruso, KCP, LeBron, AD, or Caruso, Wesley Matthews, KCP, LeBron, AD. And if, you know, Drummond's having a good game and he doesn't look exploited out there, maybe, you know, he can be out there as well. Um, but I expect Caruso to close a lot of games. And, you know, if it's, a bu- it's a, if it's a bunch of close games and LeBron's not healthy, I do think the Suns, just because they have two elite, elite, elite closers, 
that can get a good shot pretty much whenever. And Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Like, they can just get a... Like, they make 50% of their mid-range jumpers. So, like, they're... At the end of games, they're going to be getting good shots. And if LeBron is not healthy enough to match that, I do think the close games, the Suns will win. So, my prediction for this series would be, however, 4-2 Lakers. So, I got the Lakers in 6. Um, what's the three six? Oh, it's the Nuggets and the Blazers. I I heard recently that Austin Rivers can be in the. Wait, hold up. I want to talk about. Actually, no, I'll talk about that at the end. I guess. Um, three six is Nuggets Blazers, and I I heard Austin Rivers in the, in the health and safety protocol as well, and that PJ Dozier is not even going to play in the first round. He's not going to be available. So now you're down to, like, Compazzo, Monty Morris, maybe. Will Barton, maybe. You're down to who else is there? Um, who's, the, who's the guy that they got from the Bulls? I'm forgetting his name right now. Shit, because I know he's played a couple games. I'm just forgetting his name. Uh, Shaq Harrison? Yeah, I think it's Shaq Harrison. I think they got him. So they're, 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 that's, that's going to be like their guard rotation. And that's not good. That's not good at all. But I don't think it matters as much because I don't think... Like, Composo, I think, was going to guard Dame anyways. The real issue was, like, who's going to guard CJ? And if I'm the Nuggets, what I'm going to do is I'm putting Aaron Gordon on CJ McCollum, and our whole game plan is going to be, like, Dame... We're just going to leave Composo on you. You do what you want. We live with that, but we're going to make life hell on CJ McCollum. We're, we're going to take one of those guys out. So, and Dame's just going to be way too hard to take out with our, you know, all our guards out. So let's focus on CJ McCollum and let's take him out. Um, so I would put Aaron, Aaron Gordon on him and just like try to suffocate CJ and, you know, that make the pressure so much higher on. Um, Dame to like really really carry them Uh, you know Nurkic against Jokic is going to be a monster of a matchup the Blazers with their starting lineup have actually been pretty good on both ends like they've been a pretty good defense with Nurkic on the floor it's just that when he's not on the floor that means Cantor's on the floor and Cantor like he's a he's an abomination on defense it's just that he's big and strong and tough on offense. He's the opposite of DeAndre Aiden. He's big and strong and tough on offense, but on defense, he's the opposite. He just does not protect the rim at all. Like, players are not scared of him in a pick and roll. They'll, they'll go right at the rim and attack him and finish over him consistently. So, and then they also bring Melo off the bench. Melo has not been a good defender in, like, five six seven years and even then he wasn't really that good of a defender he was just he was a good post-up defender because he was so strong um and like he was a capable switch man so he was fine but like he was never good and now he's 36 37 so he's definitely not good uh then who else did they bring off the bench Anthony Simons he's also not a good defender so you know you bring so many players off the bench that just are not good and that's what that 
is really what tanks their defense. Um, I think what the key to this, I think the key for the Nuggets for this series is because Jokic is going to do what Jokic does. He's going to get you 27 points, 10 to like 12 rebounds, 7 to 10 assists a game. He's just going to do that. Um, I think the advantage that the that the Nuggets have is Michael Porter Jr., what he does this series. Because the Blazers have absolutely no one to guard him. Derrick Jones Jr. can, but he's off the bench. So Rocco can't guard him. He can't keep up with him. Norman Powell can't keep up. He's too short. CJ can't keep too short. So I think it should be a huge series for Michael Porter Jr. He should average like 25 points a series pretty easily. And um, it's a tough series. I really don't know which way I'm going. Like, this is a series I really can't pick. Just because, the, like, if the Nuggets guards were healthy, I'm not even talking about Murray. I'm talking about, you know, Barton, Dozier, Rivers, Monty. You know, Monte is going to play. Monte, Monte? He's going to play, but I don't think he's healthy. Uh, so, you know, if, like, all those guys were healthy, I would have picked Nuggets in six. But they're not healthy. So I'm not sure. So I'm going to go with, ooh, I'm going to go with the Nuggets in seven. I think, yeah, Nuggets in seven, I feel pretty comfortable with that. I think Jokic might just end up playing like 42 to 44 minutes a night and put up 30, 15, and 10. And Michael Porter just might play 44 minutes a night and put up like 28 points a game. And Aaron Gordon... You know, he plays. He also plays forty minutes, and they just bully CJ and like defensively, he's on monster. You know, if you look at the Nuggets' defense ever since they got Gordon, it's been fucking awesome. You know, I think they still finished as like a top ten defense, and that doesn't show how good they've been defensively since they got not Drummond up, uh, Aaron Gordon. Did I say Gordon? Did I don't know what I said, but I meant Gordon. Since the Nuggets have gotten Gordon. They've been a really good defense, and um, I'm, I'm, I think this is one of the series that I'm, like, it's just going to be a fun series. It's going to be a really fun series, and I'm looking forward to it a lot. Um, but yeah, I have the Nuggets in seven, and the next series is four, five, Clippers, Mavericks. The Mavericks beat the Clippers by 78 points near the opening day. That was with Paul George playing no Kawhi. I think they were up 50-something at halftime. I think, the, I think the Clippers scored like 27 points at half. So, not good. Not ideal. With the Mavericks, they've had one of the best records in the league ever since like their bad start. They've been excellent since then. And Luka... Luca is just a monster. Like I've loved the way Luca has played this year. He he's finally established a post-up game of smaller guards. You know he hits the mid-range game and he's an elite elite mid-range shooter. Uh, he's become a better three-point shooter. Um, and if you look at the Denver Nuggets sporting cast, you know they were all shooting the three very poorly, but they've actually just started shooting the three pretty well. Like Finney Smith started shooting the three well. Kleber started shooting the three well. 
you know, Tim Hardaway was starting to shoot the three well. Luca came off, uh, you know, shooting the three pretty well after starting off horrendous. Um, Jalen Brunson shot the three well. So they just had a lot of players. And, you know, they have J.J. Redick, who's, I don't know how much he's going to play, but, like, he's been shooting the three really, really well. So, you know, they've, they've been playing well, and they're, and the Mavericks role players, you know, they've stepped up as well. And, you know, this th- we saw the series last year, and we saw it without Josh Richardson uh, and uh, without KP, really. And uh, I think without Dwight Powell as well, because he was injured. And, uh, you know, the, the Clippers, I think, were better last year. And they got took... Actually, I don't know if they were better. I don't know if they were better. Um, I do think they're probably a little better this year. You know, Rondo's better than Lou. And, um, you know, I think Terrence Mann's good. I think Batum's good. I think, you know, Ibaka, Ibaka's probably better than Harrell. He is better than Harrell. And, um, you know, Reggie Jackson's been playing well. Patrick Beverly's been playing well. And, um, you know, they look like... They look probably a little bit better, but I don't know how much better. But the Mavericks, I know, are better. So, and if, like, KP being healthy, I think that's going to be huge. If he is, like, even 80%, like, that's a big deal. And um, I don't know if I want to pick the Clippers. I really don't. Like, they look like the logical choice. But I just can't get over how well the Mavericks have played over, like, their last 40 games. And I can't forget what the Mavericks did last season without KP and, you know, without Josh and without Powell. Yeah, they had Seth Curry. Seth Curry played really well. Uh, Trey Burke played really well. They still have Trey Burke, but Trey Burke doesn't really play. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. You know, this is another really good, fun series. And my... My brain says Clippers in six. But that's not going to be my actual pick. I'm going to go with the Mavericks in seven. And I think that's going to cause a lot of turmoil with the Clippers. Because if I'm Kawhi, you know, I, I thought I had this master plan. And what happens is... You know, the Lakers win a championship before us. That happens. The Nets form a super team. That happens. And now, you know, we choke a 3-1 lead. That happened. And now we lose in the first round. Why the fuck would I stay? I understand, like, this is where he wants to be. But I think he wants to be in a place where he can win. And if he's not winning... And I I honestly just don't think they have enough talent. I really don't. Because... They have a superstar and a star, but if you look historically at those models, just like those two man, like two, two man duos, they both those guys are usually superstars. Shaq and Kobe were superstars. LeBron and AD, two superstars. It's not superstar and star player. Usually, when it says superstar star player, they also have an all star caliber player with them. You know what I mean? So like. Like Duncan and David Robinson, superstars. You know what I mean? So like, and it's not that same era anymore where you can just win by holding a team to like 75 points. Like, it's a different era. So like, if you want to... So I I really don't think the Clippers have enough talent personally. 
to to win and for Kawhi to look at and be like, oh, actually, you know, we have a championship team here. You know, unless they can make a move to get something, but they already gave they already gave everything away to get PG. So I don't know what moves that they really have, unless they like become really and they gave you know money to Morris and Canard. And, you know, I think Zubak, but Zubak didn't really get that much. And Zubak's pretty good, so it's not a big deal. But they gave money to a bunch of people, and so I don't know how much money they have left either. Um, so, yeah, like, if I'm quiet and we lose in the first round, I'm starting to look around. I'm, I'm looking at, okay, I can go to the Knicks. They have Julius Randle. That's an all-NBA player. And they have cap space. And they have all their picks and they have assets that they can trade for another superstar maybe not a superstar actually like a star like they can probably package something to go get zach levine or bradley beal and you know i would like that team more than this uh you know clippers team like if i have Kawhi, randall bradley beal or zach levine like i probably like that a little bit more than this team over here um so yeah like that's my west actually one the, the, the last thing i want to talk about just def- Maybe I've talked about this in the last podcast or two podcasts ago, but I want to talk about defense, specifically with the Nets. So, like, teams that have not finished in the top 10 in defense have won a championship, but the, the reason they were able to win was they were a top 10, the equivalent of a top 10 defense in the playoffs. So, like, the 0-1 Lakers, I think they finished, like, 25th on 21st, 25th on defense, something like that. But they were the number one defense. They, their defense rating in the playoffs would have ranked number one in the regular season. The 2017, 20, I think 2018 Warriors actually were 11th on defense, but their defensive rating in the playoffs would have ranked number one in the league. So, like, there have been teams that have won it. And if the Nets win it and they play good top 10, top 11, 12 defense, you, you can't be like, oh, defense doesn't matter anymore because defense did matter. Like, it mattered because that's that's why they won. Like, they, they improved their defense and they were top 10, 12 defense. It doesn't mean that, you know, a team that truly is a top 20, 20 not top 25, but a team that is like 20th on defense and that's all they are. They don't have, they can't prove, can win a championship. I don't think that's what the Nets will prove. So that's that, that's the only thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, that's the last thing I want to talk about. And, um, yeah, you know, let's hope for a good playoffs. I, I'm really excited for a lot of the matchups, really. You know, Bucks, Heat, I'm excited for. Suns, Lakers, I'm excited for. Um, you know, I'm excited for the Portland Blazers series. I'm excited for Luka against, you know, Clippers again. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And, um, you know, here's to a great playoffs.